Okay. Podcast Dad to Know Stuff, episode two. This week we're going to have myself, Victor, Matt, and James is joining us this week. Uh, this week we want to talk about the role that dads play in a healthy family. Uh, something I went to church this morning. They talked about uh, Insta families and how everybody puts out pictures of a healthy, what appears to be a healthy family or, or a happy family. And, and most of us, if you have any common sense or live your daily life, know that Instagram is a bunch of happy moments that people put out, but it's not real life. More times than not, there's yelling and screaming and fighting and arguing between siblings. There's discipline to be done. There's times when you don't have anything going on and you're just sitting around the house or you got, you know, yard, yard work to do and things like that. But we want to talk about the roles um, that the dads plays is where dads, um, as we talked about last time, I have two kids, a girl and a boy, seven and nine. Um, I want to introduce James for a second. James, you weren't with us last time. So go ahead and share a brief moment about yourself, your family, and then we'll get into the topic. All right, cool. Well, my name is James. Um, I'm the father of uh, four children, actually five. We um, have a have an, a little angel baby, um, but my the ranges anywhere from a 20 year old, which is Hannah. Then we have a 10 uh, year old Matthew, a eight year old Reagan, and then a seven year old Easton. So we are really busy. Um, my wife Priscilla is an amazing mother and. Uh, keeps us all in check because she has me as a child also so uh we are just we're we're a constantly busy family um you know with everyday struggles you know and we're we're just like anybody else we kind of try to put out that we are uh, a perfect family and we know that we're not and we'll be the first ones to admit we're not um but uh, we're also not the first ones to put out all of our issues or anything that we're having in our family out on social media or whatever. So, um, but yeah, we're just, we're just, uh, I'm just glad that you guys allowed me to come on and sorry, I wasn't here for the first episode. Yeah, that's uh, that's okay. We're, we're talking and that one of the things that you brought up about not putting your air in your dirty laundry is that's one thing we're not going to do here. We will talk about that we have struggles and what those struggles are, but you know, we're going to keep them in the realm of, you know, uh, kind of normal struggles that every family is going through, not personal struggles that your family is going through. Cause you know, the four of us, sometimes what happens is you're, you're in a struggle and you feel like you're on an Island and your family is the only family going through, especially with kids. Um, and then you talk to your friends and you find out all oh, your kids do the same thing. And, you know, so it, it's not that we don't want to share struggles, but we do want to keep personal items um, personal. And I did, you know, was listening to a TikTok. Well, Tara was listening to a TikTok, and this lady was complaining how the people's negative comments were affecting her and, and hurting her. And, and I'm like, you, one, you put out a video that shouldn't have been put out, and then you're coming back onto the same social media to bring back the same story and, and like keep your personal stuff private. And so that just kind of was an interesting thing because it reminded me of that video. Bro, um, and and it's great that you bring that up because there's 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 another aspect that I like to look into also is you know sometimes there is going to be personal stuff that will be brought up and it's not to air dirty laundry or anything like that but uh, like you said you know sometimes as fathers we feel like we are on an island that you know things that are happening to us aren't happening to anybody else and you know sometimes it's going to take you know 
it takes a dad to come out and say, look, this is what I'm going through. Um, just so that other dads can relate and feel like they're, they're not alone and th that they're, they're able to make mistakes and they're able to be there for their families and what have you. Um, it, you know, I, I don't like to get very personal. I'm not a very big talker, but at the, at the same time too, um, I do feel like there's a huge need in this world uh, for fathers to be able to talk to each other and not only uh, share the good stuff that's going on in their life, but also share the, the struggles that they go on in their life and what's, what's, what they're personally dealing with uh, so that other fathers can sit there. And it, even if they, you know, we, we don't want to put it out there that somebody's going to come with the, the answer. Because sometimes with our struggles, there's not always an answer. But oh, you know, that's it, absolutely true. But the, it, sometimes it, all you need is just to have a, another father or somebody's been there just to sit there and say, "Hey, you're not alone," and just to and to be there for and just as a sounding board. And that sometimes is is amazing to have. Well, and we titled this "Dads Who Know Stuff," and, and we know some things, right? But we don't know everything, and, and we don't always have the answer. Because a lot of times there's not one answer. There, there's multiple ways to do things, especially when it comes to raising kids, um, interacting in a marriage, you know, things like that. Because my, my wife and your wife are two different people. So I can't say, hey, my wife does this for me and my wife does that for me. And that's how I um, how we work. And that's how you should work. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, Matt, you have something to add? Yeah. You know, I just was thinking a lot of the times men or dads in general we don't do a good job communicating with each other to begin with um, and getting information from each other and help from each other. And women are very good at that. They like to talk. Men in general are not that way. And I think that from a starting point makes it sound or makes it feel that we're alone in what we're going through. And it's very easy to feel isolated, you know, in our home lives and, you know, problems with kids and families and marriages, you know, and finances and all the other kind of things that, you know, families deal with when you don't have a bunch of people to be a sounding board with. And I think that that culture needs to change so that yeah, and men can, you know, for one, be comfortable talking to each other about it without being judged or feeling like they're going to be judged or that they, you know, in society feel like they're the only ones that are dealing with that and be stigmatized for, Oh, you guys, you guys have problems, you know, you need to deal with your own stuff. You know, that's absolutely right. And that's one of the things when, you know, I had kind of had this idea for a podcast and I wasn't quite sure what it was, but I knew I wanted it to involve the other, the other guys in my life and to communicate with them and do something that guys don't normally do. I mean, the, the women, they have a group text message and our wives talk a fair amount, right? And we don't have that. I mean, we text each other occasionally. I think I talk to James the most because we play Call of Duty together, you know, that type of thing. But, I mean, we don't, I'm going to Call of Duty, we barely talk about like the real world, right? And things like that. We play the game, we chit chat a little bit, but it's not the same communication you're talking about, Matt. And what we're trying to build here as an audience hopefully an audience that relates to this and they can, you know, send us questions and we can talk about things and, and just our experience. And even they can help provide, you know, feedback for us as an audience so that we can see how other people are doing things and, and trying to live their life and, and make um, a healthy family. And today's topic at church and the Insta family and, 
and what a healthy family is. And I thought it was a really interesting message. And the fact that, you know, he spoke on at the end of the day, I don't want a successful family. I want a Christ centered family. Yeah. Do I want my kids to be successful? Absolutely. But is them being a CEO of a business considered more successful than having Christ at the center of their life? I mean, my mind, no. I mean, in my mind, at the end of the day, you know, if they're happy flipping burgers at McDonald's and they got a Christ in their life, then then we're, we're good. As long as they're happy doing what they're doing and, you know, as guys that go to church and, and do that sort of thing, we hear and want our kids to, to grow up knowing God, knowing Jesus and, and living that life. And that's what he talked about this morning and things that we do as dads to help do that. And I know lately I've been struggling. My kids have been, they've been going at it every chance they get. I mean, they like literally catch the sniff of one of them in the next room and they're, they're finding a way to, to be combative or to, to agitate the other one all day long. And my nerves are shot. So I'm pretty short fused right now. And I, I tried really hard. I heard this morning's message and I, I tried really hard today to be super patient. And I got to try to do that more often because I don't want my kids to, to, you know, learn that a short fuse is how things get done. And, and that type of thing. Um, so you know, it, 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 go ahead. It's, it, it's great you bring that up too, Jim, because, you know, we, we've talked about a lot that um, in the past, you know, growing up, my father always had a short fuse. And when I talked to Priscilla about, you know, parenting styles and how, how we interact with the children, you know, I always go back to my dad always had a short fuse and it was, it, it it was miserable uh, when he got angry and growing up and just growing up with that kind of father figure, I didn't realize, you know, that how that actually like absorbed into me and now as a father. And that's a, that's an active battle that I have within me is to, you know, take away that, that, that short fuse. Cause I don't want my kids to grow up and be a father that has a short fuse. You know, I look at someone like Victor, you know, we, Victor and I uh, talked a couple weeks ago and about, you know, struggles that he was going through in his house. And he was telling me about how he was, he was dealing with his son. And the only thing I kept on going through my mind is, man, I wish I had that patience. I wish I had that, like that ability just to keep calm and in, in those tough times, because it, that is a huge struggle for me is not to just like blow up on my kids and, you know, I think that's, it's great that you bring that up because it's like, we also have to identify, you know, how did we get brought up and what, what, what was like instilled into us that we didn't even know was there that we might have to battle also. Yeah, that, that's true. And, you know, I, I contend, and I don't know how you guys think, think about this, but I could make probably a pretty strong argument to think that some men are gifted athletes. Some men are gifted with brains. Some are gifted with financial fortitude. Some men are gifted dads and it comes easy to them. And I've seen it. I mean, we went camping when we first got our trailer and I watched this dude roll up with his two kids and a little minivan thing with pop-up tent and, and, and just made doing the dad thing look so easy. And right. I got a buddy, I got a buddy. Um, his name's Matt. He, uh, eh, one, two, three, I think they're up to four kids. Um, two of them, one of them extremely autistic, um, is actually their second oldest. Um, their oldest is he, they thought autism, but it's more like Asperger's. Um, and the other two they adopted. 
And he has always been the most patient guy with all the kids. And I've never been that guy. Like I didn't want kids originally. And uh, part of it comes maybe from being the youngest in my family. I mean, I didn't have younger siblings to relate to, right? I didn't have, I didn't have that. So I, I just know that for me, being a dad and, and dealing with these things is extremely hard work. It, it doesn't come naturally to me. And I think there are some people out there that are very gifted in that department, um, capable of sitting down with their kids and, and not getting frustrated over simple things. And right now we're going over both my kids. I think we're going over with you. You heard me, but did you listen to me? Those are two different things. Hearing and listening are, are two different things. And a lot of times I am getting um, from Savannah, for instance, I get, I didn't, I didn't know you said that. Well, it was three seconds ago and, and literally it's because you didn't listen to the words. You heard them and you heard, you know, Woodstock going wah, 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 right? But you didn't care to hear what I had to say. So you didn't listen to the words. And then when you're responsible for knowing what I said, now all of a sudden we have a problem. Right. And that's been wearing on me because both kids do it. And for one, it's I didn't hear you, but you did. It's really what you meant to say is you didn't listen. And for the other one, it, I can't, I, I, right now I can draw a blank on what he tells me all the time. But it, what it boils down to is, is listening. And I need to make sure that I'm more patient and just say, okay, the benefit of the doubt, right? I need to, I need to extend to my kids the grace and the benefit of the doubt that they're actually telling me the truth when they say they didn't hear me, even though it was two feet from them and they were looking directly at me that and extend a little grace to that and a little patience towards that but it's not something that from my perspective i do easily so i'm struggling with that and i'm working on it and i know you guys have similar things that go through your family no for sure i mean my my littlest easton i'll be the first one to say i need to get him into football because he's going he's he's got some rate he look he sometimes reminds me of the water boy i swear he's going to make some people do some snot bubbles if he hits them but and and i look at him and i'm like in one in one breath i'm telling him hey you can't rage like this you can't be angry like this you got to handle it better you got deep, deep breaths and then i feel like sometimes i'll back up from the situation and look at it and i'm like i'm yelling at him telling him to do that isn't isn't that the epitome of it though right like i mean that's like hitting the nail on the head hey you know and this kind of thing like we talk about discipline right and and, you know i've i've spanked my kids right you do there's a correct way to do it it's not it's not abuse when you spank correctly and you discipline correctly but like i'm like i'm never gonna hit my kid in the face that's just not gonna happen i'm never gonna hit my kid on the arm when you when you spank a kid it's on the backside and you know i learned listening to uh, Jack Hibbs out of Calvary Chapachuna Hills, when you spank a child, it should be from down to up in a lifting manner, not top down. Right? We're supposed to use discipline in a way to lift them up and build them up, not to beat them down. Right. I've heard heard, um, for, you know, spanking or 
you know, with discipline. Um, now that's not to say that I do it as well as I should, but I've heard that once, you know, your child has done something that warrant discipline or even, even a spanking, um, to send them to their room for a time for you to calm down and a time for them to calm down so that you're not providing or doing the discipline out of frustration and anger and, um, emotion due to the argument that preceded the, the discipline. One hundred percent. And that is one before you do it, talk to them about what is being what why they're being disciplined, what the discipline is, and do they understand that what it is for and why it's being done. And then um, it's it doesn't have to be a lot, you know, even if it's just one spanking, and then you're done. You give them a hug, and you know you you move on. Um, that's easy to say, but it's a lot harder to do, especially in the moment um, when your emotions and your frustrations and angers are, are running you know you, you want to lash out you want to react and that's the worst worst thing to do because you're doing the exact same thing that you're telling them not to do right yeah yeah and you know it's interesting i've heard that too and i that's 100 percent the way to go are we good at it sometimes nope okay at it sometimes are we bad at it probably most of the time yep. right because we're human beings but the other thing i heard is you know you, you basically have a choice when it comes to discipline you can choose like a spanking. You can choose to take away something. You can choose to lecture. But one of the things that I've I've also heard was choose one. Yeah. Choose one. Don't don't do multiple. If you if you choose to do a spanking, don't turn around and lecture them for twenty minutes. Yeah. Be done with it. Do your discipline and move. Like you said, Matt said, move on. And, and that's the way. That's the way I really think it should be. And you know, I, I I'm a big fan of you. you it's got to fit the bill and, and not in like hey what they did like the punishment equals the crime type of thing. It's more or less what gets behavioral changes and results. And as I think about this, they talked about that this morning and they talked about disciplining kids. And one of the things that we do is, is dads, you know, dads typically are, are the disciplinary of the house and moms support us and they do a great job. And sometimes they have to take that lead role, but you know, it's always, and it's true. Wait till your dad gets home for a reason. That's the role that the man plays in raising kids. And he was talking about, you know, don't just try and get your kids to be, to conform behaviorally because that's what happens, right? We wonder why teenagers rebel because all we've told them to do is to conform behaviorally on the outside, but we never address the problem on the inside. Yeah. And and what is the problem? And not only that, but if it's always wait till your dad gets home, you know, your dad gets home, you know, you get home from work and, you know, your kids acted up during the day. And what's the first thing that they see? They see dad disciplining the kids, you know? So dad comes in and he's got, uh, you know, he's had a rough day at work. What if I don't want to, first thing I do when I come home, I don't, first thing I, I don't want to have to discipline my kids. Oh, those make for the worst nights. Those yeah. make for the worst nights. But then, right. but then you're you're angry, you're frustrated, and then what happens? You know, your parents only or your kids only see dad being angry. Yeah. So you know, you have to balance out those moments with a lot more good moments, a lot more positive moments, a lot more one-on-one times with your kids, so that they can see you know some a, a, a good side of you. That's a really good. That's a really good way to, to look at it, and you know, I, I can't kind of tailing on to that, you know, one of the things that I've, 
heard and actually done is we do react to our kids. And sometimes we do discipline out of reaction. And at the end of the day, I don't think there's anything wrong with going to your kid and sitting down and saying, hey, look, I gave you a punishment, but it was it was harsh. It was wrong. I, I reacted when I shouldn't have. And I've thought about it. And yeah, you're still in trouble. You still did something to deserve some punishment. But I overreacted a little bit. And I'm going to I'm going to rectify my wrong and, and adjust that punishment. Right. I don't think there's anything wrong with doing that. I don't think there's anything wrong with admitting to your kids when you make a mistake and fixing it. Because that's one thing I want my kids to, to realize that we're going to make mistakes. And when we make those mistakes, the best thing we can do is to admit to making them so that we can fix them. But if you make a mistake and you hide it from me, then it's only going to get harder to fix. It's either going to it's either going to take longer to fix, take more work to fix, cost more money to fix. Is there something that's going to be a negative if you hide it? And, and that's something I actually I learned at work. You know, when I was just started doing my job, my boss would, would tell me, look, if you make a mistake, that's fine. Just tell me right away. The sooner we fix it, the less money it's going to cost. And, you know, I, I think that same thing just applies in general to mistakes. Any mistake we make, if we hide the fact that we made the mistake, there's going to be a bigger pay up when we finally when, when it finally gets found out. Whether somebody catches us or whether, you know, it, it catches up to us, whatever it is, there's going to be a little bit bigger, uh, bigger payout at the end, unfortunately for us, as that mistake compounds. Uh, you know, I agree with Victor. I don't try. I don't want to spank my kids. I don't, you know, try to make that my goal of the day. You know, that's not what I'm looking for. And, you know, it's, it's funny because there's there's a country song out there and, it, you know, it talks about, hey, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. Because at the end of the day, it does. It does hurt me to discipline my kids, and you know, to do that. I don't want to. I don't want to ground them to their room or take away their video games or have to spank them. That, that, I don't want to do that. That's um, that's not something that I'm trying to do. But it, it does remind me, though, that you know, Proverbs thirteen twenty four basically, you know, whoever spares the rod spoils the child. Right? It says, whoever spares the rod hates their children, but one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. And, and God does that with us, right? God disciplines us. And, you know, when, when we get out of hand as the children to God, then, you know, and people might misconstrue that as, um, you know, that God, if there, if there is a God, that he would discipline all, all everybody, all, everybody equally. And that's not true because not everybody's a child of God, right? I mean, we're, we're all children to God in the sense that, you know, he created us, but we're not all children to God in the sense that we haven't all accepted his authority. Some, some people walk around this planet without accepting his authority and therefore, you're not quite treated the same. I guess that might be a funny way of saying that. But, you know, it, it's not the same as being a child of God. Like, I'm not going to go and discipline my neighbor's kids. They're not my responsibility, right? right? And, you know, we know each other and we've camped together and we've not really disciplined each other's kids. But we've, you say something or you, you help, but it's not the same discipline that we give to our kids, and that's the same the same role that God plays. And so, you know, I, I look at Proverbs and that book and it being full of knowledge, right? And it's more so, you know, that everybody thinks, you know, spare the rod. But at the end of the day, what it's really talking about is discipline. And it doesn't have to be spanking, but it, there does have to be some father-like figure filling that role. And yeah, moms play a role. And I totally agree with them that said, I don't want to come home from work and be that guy. I don't want to be done with my work day. And that'd be the first thing I have to do. But there's a clear distinction in the family unit 
and the father plays a key role. And if you look at what's going on in society, you look at the number of families that are fatherless and what happens to those kids, the statistics are crazy with the amount of education they usually obtain, with the amount of money they usually end up making, with what happens in their future. And one of the things I was thinking about again at church this morning was, you know, my, my parents were divorced. And, you know, I was sitting next to my wife going, man, we work really hard to change that so that our kids don't see that. And then I think, but that is what molded me. That is what made me who I am and made me not want to do that. Now, unfortunately, that does not happen for the majority of people out there. They see it, they mimic it, they repeat it. I'm hopefully trying to break that cycle and then now model what should be, um, I'm not going to say a perfect family unit, but what should be a good, solid family unit for my kids so that they continue that down the road. Yeah, you know, the, right. that's the thing. You know, social media or media in general for years have had very negative stereotypes and conceptions about the father in the family. I think there's maybe one, maybe two shows that I can think of um, that had a positive image or role model of the father in the, in the storyline. Um, oh, ho- Hollywood's jacked up the idea of a father. Well, I, you know, I think Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is probably one example of a positive father figure in the family unit. Absolutely. The, the, Phil, the other one, you know, that comes to mind, uh, Family Matters with, uh, with uh, that was with uh, Urkel and, and uh, the dad was Carl, yeah. right? Again, another really good positive father figure. But mm-hmm. those shows are so few and far between to shows, I mean, quite honestly, like uh, even I really liked one, Tool Time. But they made they made Tim Allen on that one seem like a doof of a dad. Right. Mm-hmm. But he's same right, thing I mean, with nothing... uh, Remember Married with Children. I mean, even oh, that, though, was, that, yeah, was, that was a that was an entirely different. But once again, I mean, you're, you're right. It's it, Hollywood most of the time portrays the father as the the com the comic or the or the mess up. It was incompetent. Right. The, that your kids get the idea that your dad doesn't know what they're doing. So listen to us because we do. Right. Right. And. Yeah, that's and that's you know maybe we need to we need to rehit this. Uh, I'm gonna take a note here. We're gonna hit this maybe hit this spiritual leader um, thing next podcast. We're getting about that 45 minute mark. Probably need to um, wrap up. It looks like we lost Victor altogether. His his picture even went away, um, so he's having some internet issues. But we will we'll wrap up this one. I think this has been a good conversation that you guys bring very good points, very interesting topics. We could probably keep talking for another hour, I would imagine, easily here. But we should wrap up and want to let the audience know thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll get an opportunity to uh, do this again. But everybody in the audience, you guys have a good day. 